I mean, you might not hear all of this. I'm not sure. When listening back during the edit, we'll see whether this sounds whimsical or deeply offensive. <laughs> but we'll look into well, uh, what we can just do. Just to let anyone listening to this just know that we're always aiming for whimsical. Yeah. We're doing our best. Sometimes we'll get it wrong. And sometimes we just hit the bullseye of offenses. Hi, Gregory. Hi, Thomas. How are you? You were asking people... What is your opinion An of the actor, actor Nicholas Cage? C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A-G! Don't be looking at her too hard now. G! This is a very different and weird question. Oh my god. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Cage. And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. Hello everyone, welcome once more to Cage Fight. It is the fighting of all the cages, the only podcast which uh, deals with anything to do with the actor Nicolas Cage. I think you'll find if you trace the internet from uh, the very beginning of the internet all the way to the present day and everything in between. No one has said any words about Nicolas Cage. We saw a gap in the podcast market, a market which is not oversaturated and when people say it is oversaturated and people should shove their podcasts up their assholes and they should forget about it, you are are in many ways disenfranchising people. You are stopping the ordinary human who can afford to do this without any rich parents or anything. You're stopping them from expressing themselves. I've got to be in my bonnet, Tom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My name's Gregory Aikman. Tom, stop me. Get involved. <laughs> All right. I'm Thomas Demon, and this is, uh, as Greg pointed out, it's Cage You're listening to it once again, and we appreciate you. We appreciate your ears. We appreciate your ability to hear... Uh, if you cannot hear, and I have just uh, committed an internet sin mocking a disabled person, I'm mm. very sorry. Let, should we start over? <laughs> <laughs> so, so once we're, again, we're, we're doing this the right way, by the way. Yeah, why? Like, we're not. Um, we're Do not... people who can't hear or are hard of hearing listen to podcasts? You know what? Maybe this isn't the podcast to dive deep into that. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Like, is how hard or easy is it to to get a trans a transcription a transcription to transcribe a podcast? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm also trying to figure out. Like, how difficult is it to translate this into you know closed captions or something like that? It must be possible. Is that on us? Should we be providing that, or is that? Something I think that, that is factually on us oh shit oh i'm sorry i'm sorry everyone who's got either entirely deaf or anywhere in between not perfect hearing to can't hear at all i'm i'm sorry about that we'll look into it we are healing the world but when we're not healing the world we're helping the world and how do we help the world one cage movie at a time well actually two cage movies at a time because Mm -hmm. this is how the podcast works well each of us watches uh, a Nicolas Cage film. Mm-hmm. He's involved with the film somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll watch it, and when, then we decide which of the films we enjoy more. And it is an objective truth that we're aiming for every single time. We decide which one is the better Cage movie. That movie will then progress on to the later stages where we will eventually determine the best Nicolas Cage film in existence. Now, you say to yourself, man, he keeps making movies. How are you? What happens after you guys do this? 
mm-hmm. and uh, he just keeps making movies. Well, all of those movies will be bad. They won't be the one then. Exactly. We, one, Duh. Once we tell you what the best Nicolas Cage film is, that's it. Okay? You yeah. cannot argue against it because we've done this. I say scientifically, I'm not really sure what that word means in this context. I mean, we are like scientists comparing, contrasting, theorizing. Yeah. You know, we're doing all the science stuff. Exactly. And like this we've gone through at least a billion films so far and there's a billion to go. We'll get there and mm. listen. Yeah. Listen, listeners. And all the people who can't listen, sorry about that, but get on board somehow. We'll figure it out. I thank you for your patience because we, occasionally, we've got lives. We go away for a bit, but we always come back. We'll always be mm. there for you. We just might not physically be there for you. But we, and we might not love you as much as we love doing the other stuff we do, but... Yeah, but we will come back, all right? And yeah. this isn't just a podcast. We're obligated. We, we are obligated, mainly, <laughs> to Lunchbox. Right, all of... <laughs> this is essentially a setup for lunchbox to uh showcase their phenomenal artwork that's that's basically what we're doing and we may as well have a giggle talking about films but what films are we doing this episode oh this episode we're doing a color out of space and spider-verse yeah Uh, two very kind of sort of similar visually but are in terms of like doing drastic visual things yeah but uh story wise and quality wise very different okay well i'm i'm excited to hear about uh color and time and space and would you would you greg would you allow me Mm. to explain to you this movie i would be honored if you would color out of space is a film about a family who live out in the middle of nowhere. It's the town is called Arkham. Oh yeah. Uh, but you'll you'll hear a lot of um Cthulian-esque Lovecraftian town names. Nice. Uh but that that's the center of this. It's a Cthulian Lovecraftian tale. And in the middle of this nowhere, a meteor strikes into the ground. The meteor of like a it has a very particular hue of like purple pink. And this color out of space then changes everything around it it warps the people the water the animals and then shit just goes completely sideways is it like a long form version of that short stephen king story from creep show uh you know the phenomenal movie creep show anthology horror uh, one of the short segments is Stephen King's character. There's a meteor coming down. Going, what the hell was that? He goes, mm. uh, the meteor split up. He touches it, goes, oh no, and he burns his finger. Then he turns into a moss man and has to shoot his head off. Uh, it's a it's a ten minute film. Mm. I'm not spoiling anything. Oh, I mean, I'm spoiling the whole thing. But it's ten minutes, and it was creep show. It was in the eighties. You had like forty years to watch it. Chill out. Yeah. Is it like that? Like a meteor comes from space, changes. I imagine everything. that this is like any piece. Of artwork that is meteor based okay you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah like it none of them can be really that far apart so uh, although i've never seen that mm. i have to agree that it is exactly like that <laughs> the details of this movie are like the plot and so it's irrelevant because as you imagine a cthulian-esque tale of a meteor striking you can kind of fill in the blanks of like how this progresses things get fucked up people get 
go crazy. Yeah. A, a big explosion happens and then everyone pretends it, it it just never happened. A lot of people die. It's, you know, it's it's nothing crazy, but like what to talk about this film? The important bits is like these characters, this family. It, it begins in a very interesting way where you feel like or at least I s- expected some level of depth from the characters. Mm. Kind of the focus of the film is bifurcated between the father, played by Nicolas Cage, and the daughter, played by I don't remember because I don't care. A bonus point for using <laughs> the word bifurcated. I've only ever heard the Thank word you. bifurcated in reference to penises, of like kangaroos got a bifurcated penis and that. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Interesting. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, lady kangaroos. Double the pleasure. Double vagina lady, lady kangaroos. <gasps> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That must be terrible or amazing. I am not sure which one it really could. I can barely keep up with the one. (laughs) So yeah, we've got, we've got these two characters and just for some perspective, Mm. the father character kind of moved into here to take over the house, even though he didn't want to. Okay. Uh, And he's raising alpacas because that's the fucking heel. This character is going to die on. It's a very strange choice. Hang on. But it is a choice. So we've got a Lovecraftian movie. We've got Nicolas Cage being Mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage and imagine he's wonderful. Yes. Alpacas. That's, that's the animal that we're going to focus on. Yeah. Apparently like this character made a decision that alpacas are the future, right? Like all these other animals are garbage and I'm sure there's some like actual good proof for this somewhere. He milks these things like alpaca milk is the future. It's he milks people just haven't caught on yet. He milks them as in he manipulates their udders to get uh, alpaca juice. Or he that mil- is correct. Okay, so he's not milking it like he's just banging on and on and using them in every way he possibly can. No, no, he's just he's getting the the teat milk. <laughs> it just milks. Yeah. Uh, right. That's that's the we- kind of reaction it deserves, honestly. We've spoken about, uh, we're not going to go over old ground, but we've spoken about milk a lot on this podcast. It comes up every now and then. We've, it, every now and then. Like, yeah. Milk is weird, isn't it? Like, I don't want to do sure so. Sure is. This, this is my white boy hot take. Milk's, it's not all right, is it? Like, no, it's, it's kind of messed up. Because milk from any, uh, well, safe to say mammal, like if, it, um, yeah. milk from any mammal, if it's not human, it, it seems wrong to uh right. eat it and, if- and yet somehow from a human in particular even more fucked up it seems worse doesn't it when you're an adult yeah and also i think what is hypocritical is if you decant a cow or any other milk bearing animal and then sup <laughs> sup its juice from a drinking vessel that's <laughs> just seen as something people do whereas if you go yeah. direct to source if you cut out the middleman and like take it from if you teeter up all of yeah. a sudden you're a pervert yeah when the absolutely yeah like assuming the what you're also risking a lot of uh diseases you're risking your life every time you walk out the house don't come on but true but like why why is milk a thing that we've all agreed yeah. is all right uh, yeah it's it, it, the whole train of thought of we'll we'll use milk from a variety of animals mm. But the one thing we never do is human milk, which is designed for humans. Yes. Like genetically speaking, it is, it is best. Human milk is best for human, right? Like cow milk made for cow. And yet like you even mentioned breast milk, 
like in, in even even uh, okay now, now we're gonna, I'm, get, I'm getting i mentioned it one time in a text <laughs> and everyone loses their minds uh yeah uh by the way that i it's disgusting i think it's fucking weird but mm. it, i'm examining like why am i like that like it it logically speaking right like yeah human milk good for human like why aren't we why isn't there a source of human milk like available at grocery stores yeah and it's mostly because like other human beings are disgusting and i don't trust them well this is true but then the thing is another human being it would be easier to get information on how disgusting they are or are not than Mm. finding out a cow's like filthy dirty past it certainly sounds like a dystopia type landscape Mm. where we're like milk making people yeah just they 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 diet they exercise in the purpose for the purpose to like for us to extract the milk from no, I, no, and no. like that's just that seems so fucking crazy no no like, no because it would be better than that because the difference is you get your milk providers and because uh-huh. because they're human and sentient and conscious in a way that we can understand and communicate with they mm. can choose to provide milk for commercial use whereas a cow sure, we just yeah. trick the cow into believing that it needs to produce milk all the time and we trick yeah. it and confuse it and then we steal it from them whereas if you've got a human milkmaker we do don't we yeah because i never really considered this factor like we know or at least and this might be my knowledge of a female body anatomy like completely failing me mm. but like in order for you know milk producing people to like produce milk to begin with they have to be some form of pregnant right like I, I believe that there has to be like some sort of like hitching off point to like get that engine started right i think so but like i mean to be do honest we do we do that to cows like and I, that's really kind of fucked up that's not all right is it like because when you say this this dude is saying alpaca milk is the future the initial reaction mm. is oh that's that's weird that's bizarre that's creating Very an other mm-hmm. an, an almost otherworldly environment which is what this cthulian tale is going for yes but it's no worse or it's no weirder than milking any creature yes it's true i think you're completely right and even stranger when milking nuts like yeah i mean you have to get a tiny little stool to sit on (laughs) (laughs) and then i mean i don't know whether you've seen the size of an almond teat but getting a good purchase on that is uh ever so tricky yeah, I mean, that's why it's so expensive. You have to have, like, incredibly skilled labor in order to, like, get every ounce of that that milky milk. Exactly, and you've got it thinking it's got tiny little almonds that it needs to produce milk for. It's a, it's a vicious world. But sorry, alpacas yeah. are being milked. The guy's milking the alpacas. Uh, the world's yeah, gone now- pink. The whole, that whole milk thing was a bit... I actually don't care that much about it or think about <laughs> it at all. Okay, so... Uh, just just had a disclaimer. Alright, so he cares about... He, he's in this uh, house that his father was a part of, who obviously there's some, like, daddy issues there. And mm. The daughter starts the movie off sort of... Really, it starts off, like, with uh, some narration that's quite strange. It ends up wrapping back around at the very end of the movie. But it, none of it's... Uh, it, it, never, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so the daughter is, like, uh, a Wiccan witch-type character okay. a teenage witch a sabrina type if you will nice and she uh, performs a ritual in order to 
help her mother with her cancer, which I'm like, okay, this is, this is something like we're really like, this might really go somewhere. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> um, she's confronted by, not really confronted, that this character Ward stumbles on to her doing this. He's hydrolysis. He's kind of sent to the area to examine the water. Mm. And he's an important character through which it's more like he's like a, a lens of the audience in kind of way. Okay. But mostly he's just there to be like, the water's fucked up. We shouldn't use the water. Well, the city like uses the water to like make bottled water with at the end of the movie so it's sort of like a cabin fever sort of if you've ever seen cabin fever yeah i've seen cabin spoilers fever. Ca- spoilers cabin fever fucked up water but they end up bottling it and shipping it out and everyone gets fucking really tilted about that end of that movie <laughs> because of it. rightfully so it's really a lot of fucked up shit happens in that movie. i mean it's just got uh, him from boy meets world and that always throws me about cabin fever it sure does. Yes, every single time I never remember it, and I watch it, and I'm like, "Oh, that that guy's yeah, yeah, yeah. has really weird sex." I know, and it's not just weird really because weird bits of her fall off, right? But, yes, oh, that it, is disturbing. Yes, yeah, but it's other. Yeah, it's quite every factor. Maybe purposefully so. Who knows? I, I would have thought um, so. I would have thought so. In, I would hope so. In many yeah. ways, when you watch the film, you feel a sort of uh, an unpleasant, weary claustrophobia. It's sort mm-hmm. of uh, like cabin fever, I suppose. You know what? Since we're here, since we're here on cabin fever, yeah. I, I want to say that this movie is in every way a parallel to that movie, except with all the good parts. Oh, really? Yeah, because like I think this movie kind of gets to the strangeness and the weirdness of everything mm. a little too quickly. Okay. I enjoyed the slow. I feel like cabin fever was a, a bit more of a slow burn. Mm. So let, let's just quickly cut to the chase with um, the color and Please, the, yeah. the color and the shape with this Foo Fighters film that you watched. It's all good. Is it good? Did you enjoy it? First of all? No, no. Okay. Did you not enjoy it? Cause you think it wasn't very enjoyable. I mean, obviously, or was it was it boring, or did it not do what you hoped it would do, or did Nicolas Cage not really do a good enough cage for you? What was what was going wrong? Was going- mm, I'm going to quickly address like two important things. Yeah, and that is the the cageness of the film and just the film in general. Mm. Uh, so the film in general, I kind of strapped in for a ride that was overall not very pleasant or interesting right um so yeah the film itself just kind of fell flat nicholas cage i watched a movie where the director said hey you're gonna play this character and they're gonna begin to lose their mind Mm. do you think you could do that and it's like yeah i fucking got this (laughs) yeah are you kidding me yes i can do this absolutely and that's what he does he portray he does exactly what you think he will do in this role nice and in a manner of which you're like damn that's still some choices i did not see coming here yeah he's fantastic (laughs) he's still he's still got it man like he still can make it work I think and, uh, when we when we come to choosing a winner, I think that part is going to be very important. But uh, yeah, I mean, like if you guys haven't seen Color Out of Space, by the way, this this film is rated usually somewhere on the top ten or fifteen of Nicolas Cage films. Okay. Uh, um, and I don't. It definitely doesn't deserve a place there. It, I I think that people are maybe swept up into the like the I don't know. People are really horny for Lovecraftian shit, and it's like. This isn't really any of that. It's got the names, you know, Innsmouth and 
yeah arkham and it's got aliens and it's got water reflective of uh the night you know the space and the night sky type you know themes and stuff but it's not really that at all i've never really seen an action i've seen a lot of films with lovecraftian in the description but i've never really seen a good old-fashioned lovecraft film which i Mm -hmm. I, yeah nothing really hits that hits that deep on um i think i would enjoy it like the closest it it, yeah. that i've come to is the is the fun the breathtaking phenomenal tv series lovecraft country that was magnificent i need to watch that. oh <laughs> if if you've got time it's like an hour hour long episodes and i think there's only 10 of them so if you've got 10 hours cool. in your life spare for tv then i would highly recommend it it's magnificent outside of that i've never really like because mouth of Ma- madness is it, it's an okay film and it's a lovecraftian mm. film but it's you know, you watch it for Sam Neill, not for Lovecraft. And I know Lovecraft's mm-hmm. not without his issues, but but what people like, and all the crap he wrote was rubbish. But all the stuff people yeah. have done with it is out is brilliant. With it, yes, like, that's the more important part of yes. of Lovecraftian. Basically, like themes. I want the Arkham Horror board games and card games. I want a film or TV series based on that, like based on mm. that interpretation and what yeah. they've done with all of it. I would love that. But um, I'm sorry that Nick, because Nicolas Cage seems like the perfect choice for a lovecraftian thing mm-hmm. so i'm yeah. i'm sorry this wasn't overly enjoyable that seems a deep shame yeah it's yeah it's uh again it's another movie where i feel like the directors maybe the editors and stuff kind of failed mm. um failed failed the actors here because i think the performances were all completely they were giving it everything and doing fucking amazing you know i haven't even talked about like obviously there's like these really weird Cthulian body horror sort of things Mm, happening and it sells very well and it is upsetting but unfortunately yeah that the the bones of the movie are bad okay well (laughs) i'm gonna quickly talk about spider-man now i've got a couple of thoughts but there's not too much to say for reasons that uh, either anyone listening to is perfectly okay. aware is this of. is this your first time seeing the film this was my first time seeing into the spideyverse or whatever okay like um Perfect. it's the you all know it. it's that cartoon version of spider-man that everyone said was phenomenal no one had a bad word to say against it i watched the mm. film and spoiler alert i agree it's phenomenal fun it's it's wonderful it's uplifting i saw the sequel the other day and again really enjoyable really mm. wonderful the only possible thing i could the my only issue with the first one was dealt with in the second one where it's like Can we have more spider gwen please thank you so brilliant yeah wonderful mm. But as a Cage movie, Cage's character is magnificent, but on screen for about three minutes. Yeah, so, for the whole film. Yeah, yeah, for the whole film. Which is why I'm not sure there's any chance of this film winning in terms of great Cage film. Because he, the film itself, yeah. magnificent. If we were just judging the films on which film is best, this one would win. Hands down. Because it's, mm. it's a great film. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Marvel fan. I'm not a marvel fan i'm not anti-marvel i just i think we've discussed it before a few times on the on the show but i just i i don't engage with it so i don't know much about it i was able to jump in without any of the background knowledge without a understanding of this universe that it all lives in i was able to Mm. jump in with nothing understand it fully i'm sure if you if you 
if you know the it even does the thing at the very start where it's like look you've seen yeah you know spider-man exactly. okay we don't need to get into this exactly like, you get it and right? i'm sure if if you engage with the comics and with all the marvel cinematic universe i'm sure there's so many extra bits which are just for you but i didn't not having that didn't ruin it it was really enjoyable but cage you want to know something uh please interesting like in the first film the second film absolutely chock full of stuff like that Mm. the first film did a great job at like just being its own movie yeah and not 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 heavily tying into a lot of like little small stuff i think that was really the the best part about it i really appreciate that in a film as well because i like the idea of cinematic universes i like the idea of hundreds of films and tv shows all being connected but i do think it's important that they importance to to grant i do enjoy it when they can stand alone like that's Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. an an ideal film for me is uh it rewards you for being engaged with the larger universe but if you're not it does not punish you i like there being easter eggs or extra bits of story for those guys you should be rewarded if you've watched thousands of hours and read millions of comics you should be rewarded for all that i don't know if they should no (laughs) (laughs) as someone who has done both of those uh i don't think it's necessary anymore (laughs) i think maybe just make a really good piece of something Mm. and just fucking let it be cool fair Uh, and this film does that it's magnificent but cage's Mm. character cage's character now i'm sorry to bring up this film again but it it reminds me of dog eat dog because you just you just had to you know at the end of dog eat dog one of the things you hated was where out of nowhere he just starts doing this like really cheesy film noir Mm -hmm. thing and just sort of like yeah i was in the back with the old couple priest and you know better 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 and i rolled my eyes at her she rolled them back all of that stuff he starts doing yeah that's very much what this character is. It's it's a it is. black and white hard boiled detective, but also Spider Man, and that. And I I don't know. I haven't looked through all the films we've got coming up. I would be surprised if there isn't. But by God, I need there to be a Nick Cage film where he's playing a hard boiled detective, where he's playing it straight. Yeah. Like, and the whole film is. I'm sure it will be amusing as well. But I want it to be a straight film. Well, I suppose it would be thingy, wouldn't it? What's it called? Uh, Bad Lieutenant would be that one. But I want a sort of yeah. film noir with Nick Cage because his character in mm. Spidey Spidey Verse thing it was really really cool and it kind of seems like he wants that as well. Yeah, right? yeah. Because wouldn't it be outstanding? And also, I saw a video. Wouldn't you wish it? I want it. I need it. But what I also need, and because I saw a video of a clip of a Nick Cage interview where he was on Stephen Colbert or whatever, and just mm. talking about how he really wants to uh, play pilot in um, Jesus Christ Superstar. And Jesus Christ Superstar is one of my favourite musicals of all time. I absolutely adore it. I've seen it loads of times. And he would be so good in it. Why is that not a thing which has happened? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for real. We know he's I've got a great pair of lungs on him. Like, he's a really, really good oh, singer. Oh, that's true. He can sing. He just decides not to these days. Which is a, such a shame. I'd, if I could sing like Nicolas Cage, you wouldn't be able to stop me singing. I would be infuriating yeah. with the amount mm-hmm. of singing I'd do. But yeah, I really enjoyed the Spideyverse film. However, I don't believe it's a Nicolas Cage film. He turns up, fucking kicks the doors in and just goes like, I'm here. Isn't this a great character? Boom, yeah. I'm gone. But I love how much he is like a this treat yeah. almost yeah like he's a 
he he he's like a reward mm. in the movie honestly like every t- you want him to be there more yeah. and then every time he is you're like oh i'm fulfilled and then he's gone and you're like oh i can't wait to see him do this again so one of the questions i have because there's not much to say about the film because every mm. everyone's seen it it's a good spider everyone's seen it it's a good yeah. spider-man film no one's got a bad word about it yeah like, it's fantastic but can a cameo win in the sort of this is really what it is yeah, isn't it what it's we're doing really with more, cage fight can i does a cameo count it counts it's as not an, a role no it's just a few minutes in those few minutes he doesn't steal the show because everyone's mm-hmm. brilliant in that so mm-hmm. if if the film wasn't as good he would have stolen it from them he would have ripped it from underneath mm-hmm. everyone yes but mm-hmm. every single voice actor is wonderful all of yeah. the animators are outstanding the writers did a great job Everything about the film is really, really good. And it's, I watched it with a 10-year-old, and they thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm a 40-year-old, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So it knocks mm. it out of the park in terms of being age-appropriate without pandering. Like, it it yes. does all of this yeah. stuff. It's a great movie. But Nicolas Cage is in it for about three or four minutes. While he's in it, he's magnificent, but everyone else is equally as magnificent. I don't think a cameo can win these things. I think it's important yeah. that they're in there, and I think there's a chance that will happen upon a film where the cameo is so good that it's going to, or not even a cameo, maybe not a cameo, but a small role. Like We'll have a similar mm. issue when we come to Kick-Ass, because in Kick-Ass, although the character's very important to the film, it's he's in yeah. the film so sh- such a small amount of time. Can he possibly, the only way that could beat a Nicolas Cage starring vehicle is if Nicolas Cage is shit <laughs> in that other film. Mm-hmm. But like in this yeah. one with the with the color of time and space and money, you said Nicolas Cage was outstanding. The film you didn't really enjoy. The film's a whole lot of nothing, and that's 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 fine. Yeah. That's a shame, but whatever, it happens. But Nicolas Cage gave a good performance. So again, we get down to this horrible thing. Like, what are we doing here? Are we judging Nicolas Cage films, or are we judging Nicolas Cage? We get in back films? to the juice. Yeah. We get we get back to the milk. Yeah of this podcast exactly we're we squeezing the teat of the movies we are squeezing nicholas juice oh jesus cage's teat we are we are milking and he is acting all over our shocked faces yeah so that that's kind of we're back to the same question yeah i feel like we 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 get here because you know these two two movies and comparing them is is a terrible thing to do yeah because there's so much more involved with a movie than just plainly uh, his uh, his actions in it, his his roles in it. Of course, and um, uh, occasionally we'll say like, "Oh, I didn't enjoy this film. This was rubbish for this reason or whatever." Mm-hmm. The, the what's tacit in that is we're not saying there's anything wrong with the films. Just in this arbitrary role we've taken of judging things, sometimes we'll judge them unfavorably. But, or at least I'm speaking for myself, and I assume you'll be the same, but making a film, is it's already impressive. If you've successfully written something, and filmed it, and people have acted in it, and you've created it, edited it, put it out, and released it, that's hugely impressive. Like You've done a fucking phenomenal job. Exactly. Like, Some of, it's insane how well this Yeah, the, the film might not be for me. That does not mean it's bad. The fact that you've done it means no. it's phenomenal and it's brilliant yeah that's you deserve accolades just on that basis alone of course of course so no one's saying i mean we are literally saying things are bad but when we're saying that it's like 
within the confines of what we're doing, like no one should, like no one's anti-art unless they're a monster. And mm. there's very few examples of bad art. The only time art is bad is if people don't put any effort into it and don't give a fuck about what they're creating. Then, then it's lazy bad. about it. Yeah, yeah. Then it's you can't get back. And more importantly, like we we're using kind of our I statements here. You know, yeah. we're saying like we didn't enjoy it. It was not something that I was looking for. I didn't get what I thought whatever was going to be like. Yeah. We can only like frame it within our own perspective. And we're not saying, look, apparently there are a lot of people who really enjoyed this movie. And Mm. I'm jealous that you got more enjoyment out of it than I did. Because that's weird. Because you you were saying right at the top, you said that this one was the top like 10 or 15. Uh, Most people Mm. nowadays are saying like, boom, one of his best. Yeah, it's on, it's on some list out there. Yeah, yeah which is amazing, because I suppose... Because so far, we tend to have agreed with uh, what most people are saying about these films. I think if you listen to the episodes, if you listen to the decisions we make, and then if you Google it or listen to other podcasts and that, we all tend to be agreeing with one another most of the time. Mm. The only time we don't agree with people tends to be when we like something more. <laughs> mm, it's true, very yeah. rare that there's a popular one though yeah. the only other time this has happened is i don't enjoy national treasure i don't enjoy those films <sighs> yeah. but that's just because i didn't grow up with them they weren't important to me growing up like i imagine if you've never seen dawson's creek if you watched it now as an adult you would just go well it's another fucking teen soap opera it's okay <laughs> but it's just rubbish mm-hmm. and dull and there's too much of it Whereas I, what, I first watched it at a, when I was about 14, so it imprinted on me. And mm. therefore, I love it. And I re-watch it every few years and go, this is amazing, this is brilliant. <laughs> and I imagine it's going to be the same with like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I loved that, mm. but I wonder if an adult going, an adult nowadays watching it for the first time now, I wonder whether they would get the same enjoyment that I do out of it, or whether they'd go, well, it's mm-hmm. all right. I mean, no, it was from the 90s. No yeah. doubt it's problematic in a few ways. Let's just assume that. But yeah. separate to that, I, I wonder whether people would enjoy it. But anyway, doesn't matter. Importantly, we have got a bad film with good cage and a great film with great cage but tiny cage. Not enough cage. What do you think? Not enough cage. Does it lose points for not having enough cage? Or has it got the perfect cage for that role? But the perfect cage yeah. for that film is not perfect cage for us because we're all about the cage i don't know yeah so we i would like to you know i i want to pretend or not even pretend i want to i want to adopt this idea that like what we're doing here specifically in this particular podcast Mm. is in a microbe in a in a vacuum uh and not uh, what what we decide here isn't like applicable to other podcasts yeah because it's just it, it is such a specific thing that we're and uh i i and i've said it multiple times before i want to see cage and his performances and i want him to see what he does and i've said this in past films where he doesn't do much it's not a good it's so much less enjoyable in the in the movie loses and uh what i want to see is good cage performances and yes, his performance in Spider Verse is great, but when it's not, it's not the light of the movie. the The light in this movie is Nicolas Cage in a fucking Lovecraftian tale, and he does it in so incredibly well 
that it alone is worth like the almost two hour runtime. So in my opinion, yeah, it's 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 gonna be color out of space. Oh, uh, and it's not as it's not terrible film by the way. It's again, it's something I I didn't personally enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's bad in any means. No, 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 no. It, it's it's perfectly yeah two hour runtime. You'll you'll watch it and most likely you're gonna get something great out of it. I I will give this one a go because um I I didn't get round to watching it. I just watched Spidey Verse but I will watch it and it'll be interesting to see what I think about it. I imagine I'll enjoy it on one level or not. Yeah. I I wonder how someone who is more close a little bit more tied to like that Lovecraftian mm. universe uh more than I am. Uh, I wonder how much you. Yeah, because I I am one of those people who's got a big old boner for Lovecraft. Um, or again, as I pointed out earlier, not Lovecraft. I've I've read the stories and I think they're boring and poorly. Re- it's just pulp fiction, isn't it? Mm. It's just pulp crap. It really is, yeah. But I really enjoy the games and the art and everything that's come from those mm. books. I like I like the Lovecraft expanded universe. Not too keen on the original. Mm. In in the same way that I really enjoy the later trilogy of Star Wars films. I think they they were more mm. enjoyable to me. I I they're not without their problems, but none of those problems mattered to me. I thought they were fun. I think they're messy in yeah. a way that I I enjoy a messy uh, trilogy. I enjoy messy films that are full of holes and problems. I think that's really, really fun. Because that means we can watch, in about 20 years' time, there can be so many documentaries tearing them apart and building <laughs> them up, and I love those. Yeah. So many times I really like documentaries about films more than films. I cannot abide the film The Shining. I think it's very boring. I'm not going to go into that. I know that could potentially be seen as a controversial thing. I don't mean it to upset anyone. I don't like The Shining. I love uh, Room 247 or whatever it's called, which is a documentary about all the conspiracy theories around The Shining. I love it. It's, really? It's, it's fascinating. Even, I didn't know that was a thing. That sounds awesome. It, it's about two hours or two and a half hours. Excellent documentary. I don't enjoy the Friday the 13th movies, but I watched the seven-hour documentary about all those films and I called Crystal Lake Memories, and I fucking loved every second of it. I don't enjoy the Star Wars prequels. I love The People vs. George Lucas, which is a great documentary about fandom, but focusing on Star Wars. It's magnificent. I think we should do a documentary about Nicolas Cage films and Nicolas Cage (gasps) fans and Nicolas Cage podcasts. I think we could put together a documentary on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, I th- I agree with you. Nicolas Cage going mad in a Lovecraftian universe obviously How wins. could you not want that? Obviously you know that like, wins. Those those two ideas put together just sounds like I had I just ate peanut butter and jelly sandwich for the first time. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes perfect. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich but on brown bread. So it's like, well, I'm not a big fan of brown bread, but fucking hell, isn't this great? The shit in this is fucking tight. Exactly. I mean, admittedly, I don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because I'm not a fan of peanut butter. I apologize. It's mm. a cultural thing, I imagine, because I know Americans spunk up for peanut butter. For some reason, you guys are all about freedom, eagles, and peanut butter. Well, in which case, congratulations, uh, Color and the Shape and the Time and the... Look, what's it actually called? I keep on saying it wrong. Color out of space. Color out of space. Well done. Well done for a phenomenal poster as well. I love the mm-hmm. image of it. Yeah. But there we have it. We have another two movies 
knocked off our list we've got another winner which is waiting in the wings ready for round two who knows if it'll make it past round two i'm kind of rooting for it i must say i'm kind of rooting and on the spreadsheet where i'm keeping a list of the films we do and who wins and who loses i'm also pointing out whose film it was that wins or loses because when it comes to round two whether we watch both of them or not all the Thomas films Greg's going to watch and all the Greg films Thomas is going to watch just to make sure that yeah. Uh, yeah. W- that we've got something different to say more than anything else. Yeah, different. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Thank you for joining us once more, Thomas. Have you anything to share with the people? Have you anything to promote? Anything going on or any, uh, I don't know, have you seen any good films lately or anything? I... No. I have nothing. There's, I'm, I'm too busy with dumb fucking shit to. Oh, you've got real world uh, things going on that. Are yeah, taking I've, unfortunately, I have stupid, dumb, smelly real, real world shit oh. to handle, and none of it's fun or entertaining. It all just sucks. But uh, it'll be over soon. It will all be over. Soon. I mean, not not my life. No, or no, 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 no. <laughs> The, the ob- not the world or anything. The obligatory real life things that you have to take care of. Yeah. They'll be over soon and you'll be able to go back to... I, everyone has a hump in their... It, 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 during your life, children, uh, you have humps. And when you get... It, when you're cressing the hump, it just feels like it's going to fucking last forever. Yeah. And then you go over it and you go slide down the other side and you're like, well, that, that was like nothing. That basically lasted fucking two seconds i don't know why i was so hung up in it It, when you feel yourself going up the next hill just remember you're not even gonna fucking remember this part exactly it's all grand it's all grand baby it's all Mm. good and i suppose uh i don't have much to promote at the moment because i'm not really do because i'm i'm coming out of a sort of hibernation but i've been hibernating because of real life boring admin but um uh all i will say which i mentioned in a ranty way at the beginning because i don't know why i've got this i've got this stuck in my craw at the moment i think i I watched Mm. some videos and people were slagging off the volume of podcasts and i want to actively speak against that briefly if you'll allow me a soapbox absolutely anyone listening to this who doesn't have a podcast right start one whatever your hobby is or whatever your interest is doesn't matter if a million people have done it doesn't matter if no one if you don't think anyone's interested in it if you're really into um book binding between 1623 and 1627 write some shit say it into a microphone put it out there if no one listens to it doesn't matter if it becomes super famous doesn't matter just do it Pod, the mm. wonderful thing about pod, I know there's a lot of podcasts out there which are unpleasant people saying unpleasant things, but there's also a lot of everything. And the reason there's a lot of everything is because for the first time, art has been turned into this beautiful meritocracy. You don't need to be rich to do a podcast. You need to be, you need to be able to afford the time to work hard at being a musician if you want to turn that into your career. Uh, there's going to be a long time where you need someone to be a patron of you, whether that's a family member or uh, in, uh, like whether you're personally rich or whatever. And with most art forms, you need an amount of money or someone providing for you in order for you to afford the time to commit to it and do it properly. With podcasts, you don't have to be rich. You, don't, you can be in poverty and... 
a lot of libraries have podcasting equipment that you can use for free you don't need if you can't afford a microphone all you need to be able to afford is about half hour uh, half an hour to sit down and have a think about what it is you want to talk about no matter how extravagant or silly how scripted or off the cuff how shit or brilliant it is do it do more the more of these things that are out there the better the world is the shit ones will fail the good ones will rise to the top it's a genuine meritocracy i know there's a lot of companies like uh, you know there's a lot of companies trying to ruin that by uh, paying for these sort of professional podcasts because they don't understand that radio is still a fucking thing they can do but this is for everyone do it do more and when people slag off the idea of oh what another podcast just look them in the eyes and go fuck you clearly you don't want the poor to make art that's what people are saying when they do that so make more art will improve the world it won't save it but it will improve it so make art go flourish be beautiful my children hey yeah sorry i just wanted to get that off my chest it's okay that's good it was good thank you all right oh <laughs> i'll say goodbye see you see you later cage cage fight fans uh, Bye. We'll see you again. Bye. Don't, don't color out of space. What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole? <laughs>